92.7 ESPN Studios in Austin, Texas. This is the Jeff Ward Show. Hey, welcome to our little show. Here's the way it works. I riff on stuff and you react. Pretty straightforward. The phone numbers, you'll need them. It's call or text 512-834-1027. That's 512-834-1027. If you send a text, you know this from experience. I respond immediately with a smiley face emoji. Uh, If you want to follow me on Twitter or X or whatever we call it this week, it is at Jeff Ward Show. If you want to post comments on Twitter or X or whatever we call it this week, you can do so. Just please don't suck. Try to make the show better. Get to the point. Bring your A game. That's at Jeff Ward Show. You can also subscribe to the podcast. We drop the Jeff Ward Show podcast each afternoon. You can get the show podcast wherever you download your podcast. Same thing applies for the YouTube channel. There's a bright light in my face. There's a weird wall behind my head. I look like Shrek, but check it out. We drop the YouTube channel each afternoon as well. On Fridays, I don't even know how it happens or why it happens or how I ended up in the loop, but you know how this works. If not, let me explain it to you. Somehow I got caught up in an email chain of record executives who go back and forth about focus group data that they study. They do this focus groups to study songs, and they compile this list, and they send out these emails every week about songs to not play because everyone hates them. And so I just cut and paste sometimes from this list and just call them songs that suck. is their other song by Starship, which has been ranked by Rolling Stone as the worst song ever made. That was We Built This City, but a close second is this piece of trash. What happened? All right, that's Starship and, gosh, that feels 84, now 85 or 6, I'm guessing. 87. Okay. <laughs> oh, it's so 80s. I assume it's nothing I'm going to stop us now. Yeah. You're just horrible people. Starship. You know, Travis Kelsey is fascinating for a number of reasons. But get ready for this, because Travis Kelsey has made some very weird lists. I'll turn them into lists, but I don't think I'm far off. So he's made some very strange lists, and one of those lists is going to be his worst nightmare. It's just starting to be his worst nightmare, and it has nothing to do with Taylor Swift. Let me start here. The first thing you have to know about Travis Kelsey, he's a ridiculous player. Okay, I forget all my jokes, no, not jokes, all my statements about him being an airhead and he wears curtains and stuff like that. Forget that. He's a ridiculous player. 
He's been the best tight end in the NFL for easily the past five years. Football writers named him this year, and it's not even close, the best tight end in the game today, and that's saying a lot, but that's not even close. He had 110 catches and 12 touchdowns last year, but this thing should put it in perspective how great he is. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Okay, think about this. In the postseason, he has 133 catches, something like 1,550 yards and 16 touchdowns. That's a tight end. I, I know, I know, I know. He plays with Patrick Mahomes. I get it. But that doesn't, that's not minimizing his greatness. In fact, to put it how great he is in perspective, think about this. He is second only to Jerry Rice in all those categories. Okay, Jerry Rice isn't just the best receiver the game has ever known. In my opinion, Jerry Rice is the best offensive player of all time. Travis Kelsey is second to Jerry Rice. That's ridiculous. Now, he's also kind of this lovable, goofy publicity hound. He's a great pitch man. He's an airhead, um, but he's seemingly pretty likable. Got it? There's that part. He's also part of the second most high-profile story of the NFL season. I'm going to say second, although I think you could easily say, shut up, Jeff, it's, it's first. But his relationship, or as I like to say, a marketing merger, that's what I'll call it. You can say it's love all you want. I don't care. I'm going to call it a marketing merger with Taylor Swift. The most high-profile story, I think, of the first six weeks of the season was Aaron Rodgers' injury after four plays. I mean, that turned, I would say, Taylor Swift saved the NFL, publicly saved the NFL. That turned the season on its head. Everything we thought we were going to see, everything we thought we were going to be talking about, all that cool drama that was built up was over in less than five minutes. But the second biggest story of the NFL season is his marketing merger or love or whatever you want to call it with Taylor Swift. There's no getting around it. So it's, it's the second most high profile, and it's going to be every single week as long as she's hanging around. Okay? He's made another list. Okay, he is easily, I don't even think this is debatable either, he's easily the most popular NFL player now with females 12 to 50. Easily. Right? I have a girl that runs through my house and says his name. I promise you, it never would have been mentioned until just a few weeks ago. And oh, now, granted, his name is only mentioned because the next comment is, where is she? I don't know. I don't know. We're going to a commercial. Okay, well, tell me when they show her. You know, Travis Kelsey's girlfriend, that. So he is the most popular player, likable player among females 12 to 50. He's a rock star to females 12 to 50. They even like the curtains that he wears. The guy's just a ridiculous dresser. But they love him. That is until Taylor Swift drops him or something like that. Okay? I've already decided how I'd like that thing to end, and it's dark and it's disturbing. But I'll leave that. So he's made these lists, uh, and it's, uh, it's pretty entertaining, and the NFL is milking it for all that it can. He's also made an unfortunate list. I knew it was coming. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. Um, because I know the crowd. I know them well. 
I've been in talk radio. I know them. He's made a nightmare list. And this list you may not know about yet, but I knew this list was coming. I knew his name was going to move straight to talk radio chum in the water. And he has. He is now chum in the water for a completely different reason that has nothing to do with Taylor Swift or football or any of that stuff. I can't believe, to be honest with you, it took this long. I really thought by within 30 minutes after the commercial aired, I thought he was going to be chum in the water. But it's taken a little while. And how it got started was fairly predictable as well. When I saw the ad... Mixed in with all the other Travis Kelsey ads. Even his brother jokes on their podcast that he's in an ad every 45 seconds, and it's not that far off. But mixed in there, nobody seemed to be paying attention. I did, because I know when someone's going to be chum in the water. When the right-wing nut jobs come for you, I know when it's coming. So it was a matter of time before the anti-vaxxers caught on. Yep. The anti-vaxxers caught on in the most bizarre reason. You know, I told you the entire offseason of all the great things football-wise about Aaron Rodgers, he is a tinfoil hat-wearing knucklehead. Got it? He tried to hide behind, he tries to hide it every now and then, but he is a tinfoil hat-wearing knucklehead. He is. He's all in. And if you're part of that crowd, I don't care that I'm offending you. I get it. Trust me, I get it. So it started when Aaron Rodgers gave the other tinfoil hat-wearing knuckleheads the go-ahead. And now the fringe nutjobs are coming for Travis Kelsey. I didn't have a crazy game and uh, you know Mr. Pfizer we kind of shut him down a little bit he didn't have you know his like crazy impact game obviously he had you know some yards and stuff but I felt like for the most part you know we played really tough on defense especially the last three quarters and yeah see that chuckling in the background is because I caught it I, I, I knew it was coming before, as soon as I saw the ad as soon as the ad shows him smiling as a nurse puts a band-aid on his bicep triceps it's a big one too i knew it oh boy here they come look out buddy look out man it's all fun and games right now not now buddy you're on you're in the chat rooms and aaron Rodgers threw the grenade because that's what aaron Rodgers does see he's a little whiny and weepy right now because he's not playing and guess what everyone's paying attention to travis kelsey and taylor swift and he doesn't like that because he's kind of a drama king himself so he's turning into crabby Aaron Rodgers. And when he turns into crabby Aaron Rodgers, that's when he starts doing this stuff. That's just the way he operates. It's pretty much why the Green Bay Packers wanted nothing to do with him anymore. Because he's a pain in the ass. So here we go. It's uh, Mr. Pfizer, the greatest tight end of all time, is also Mr. Pfizer, the greatest tight end of all time. Next thing we hear, he's going to be arm in arm with Anthony Fauci. You know, the same person that killed DeMar Hamlin. You know he's dead, right? Fauci killed him because the NFL is in bed with Big Pharma. The they just found a body double. That's the narrative from a year ago, and I wouldn't be shocked that Aaron Rodgers doesn't trot that one out there too soon. So, you know what? None of us ever wanted to do again. 
I know this. I, one, we never wanted to say social distancing again the rest of our lives, right? We never want to say COVID and vaccine. We never want to debate COVID and vaccines ever again. Yeah. Because of Travis Kelsey. Here we go. Here we go. So, um, arguing about the vax is the last thing any of us want to do. But here we go. The USA Today, today. Aaron Rodgers is a fool. Yeah, I've been saying that for a while, but okay. Uh, When this week he called Kansas City tight end Travis Kelsey Mr. Pfizer, he was again dressing himself in a clown suit with the floppy shoes and red nose. And yes, again, his words are potentially dangerous. Now, when last left Aaron Rodgers, I know we're all caught up in in the NFL season, all that stuff. It wasn't that long ago we left him. He was lying about the vaccine, right? Because that's just what he does. He is a jackass. That's why his employer wanted nothing to do with him anymore. Because he's just a pain in the ass. Rogers joins a loud and equally foolish right-wing chorus that has attacked Travis Kelsey. Trust me, they're just getting started, okay? This, this, this is talk radio chum. That's what this is going to be. I can't wait to Mrs. Kelsey, that's Taylor Swift or Mr. Swift, or however they arrange that. What if she shows, what if she does an ad with the Pfizer vaccine? We're going to have females of America fighting the right-wing nutjobs. Rogers joins an equally foolish right-wing course that has attacked Kelsey. Um, the attacks have been vicious and lacking in facts, and they do something else. They portray Kelsey as someone who is spreading death when he's actually doing something to help save lives. Kelsey and his mother, oh gosh, look out, Mom, Donna, launched a new campaign with Pfizer. You know, Pfizer and Fauci, along with the NFL, killed DeMar Hamlin. You know that, right? It's a body double. The vaccine killed him. Where have you been? Got to follow Aaron Rodgers to learn this stuff. Uh, encouraging people to get their flu shot along with the latest COVID-19 vaccination. His becoming an advocate for vaccine has caused him to also be a target for extremists. Uh, Here we go. Here's Turning Point founder Charlie Kirk. The great Charlie says, quote, I find it rather repulsive, to be perfectly honest, that a supposedly alpha male person like Travis Kelsey is pushing a vaccine toward a demographic that doesn't need it. Uh, Who's this? This would be uh, the great Leo Terrell in Fox News. What a shock there. I challenge Kansas City Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey to show me the medical evidence why he, at the age of 33, physically fit, needs a Pfizer's COVID vaccine shot. Travis, show me the medical evidence. Stop lying to the American people, end quote. Hey, genius Leo, it said, so you won't kill my dad. Got it? And so somebody doesn't kill your dad or your grandmother or your immunocompromised sister. That's why you jackass, you fool. It's the reason why I'd like you to keep your dog on a leash so it doesn't bite me. Fool. Leo. That's it. It's not about Travis Kelsey dying or not. It's about Travis Kelsey or you, Leo, not killing my dad. Thank you, Leo. Oh, Jeff, do we have to do this again? No. No, we don't. We're not going to do it again. I don't want to hear from you. Don't want to fight with you about it. But I just think it's important that as we watch the Travis Kelsey narrative, as we watch this guy who is a full-on media... I'm going to check. I'm not going to say it. 
I've been told several times to stop saying it. So I'm not going to call him a media whore. I'm going to say publicity hound. I don't like saying that as much, but I'll do it. In his quest to do that, and he's really good at it, and he makes money at it, and he, he's enjoying it. And this dude, there's not a camera he'll stay away from. There's not a, so he's, a, he's a teenage girl. He is a homecoming queen wannabe, dressed up in an athletic body and the greatest tight end the game has ever known. So there's not an ad that he'll turn down. There's not a publicity stunt that he'll run away from. There's not a social media post that he will stay away from either. And now it's going to bite him. Now he and Ms. Swift are going to get hammered by the right-wing nuts. They're coming for him. This is one of the most bizarre demographic setups that I've seen in a long time. He is loved and worshipped by 12 to 50-year-old females. At the same time, he's going to be despised by talk radio knuckleheads. Jeff Ward, weekdays on 102.7 ESPN. Might be at ACL right now with a bunch of soccer moms dancing around, throwing their bras at him. Uh, that's the great rocker that is Rick Astley. I'm going to say, I've tried to block it out of my mind at the time. I'm going to say 1986. It's forever? Together forever, yeah. I knew it. Yeah. If you're on ecstasy, I'm told that it sounds really cool. Someone even does that anymore. What year, Garrett? 87. That's too bad. Wow. I was going to say poor guy, but I read this story about him, and he's made a lot of money. He's rolling with it pretty well. Here, here let me. I'm going to do an old Austin-sounding rant that's going to sound like the old Austin get-off-my-lawn guy that I'm probably very much like um it's kind of like a wooderson rant from dazed and confused but okay here i'm going to sound like an old austin get off my lawn guy but it's here's an observation genuine observation of acl music festival crowds over time which is in what year 2021 something like that year 21 having been to plenty of them myself and I'll tell you the most important part, because I did it today, like I have for about 19 of the last 21 years, if not 20 of the last 21 years. I'm running on the trail. I might have missed that first weekend of ACL when it was 106 degrees and there was dust everywhere because no one realized Zilker Park didn't have any grass back then. But this observation comes from running the trail on Friday for almost every single year of the past 21 years. Here's the observation. Most recent observation. Number one, I can tell you, because I run across the footbridge as about 40,000 people come my way and thinking, hey, you jackass, what are you doing? Number one, black army boots are in. With men and women. 
Got it? Now, normally I would say, you fool, it's 100 degrees outside. But, you know, I guess you can get by with it right now. But the black army boots, or I'm sure there's another term, but that, that's in. Like one out of three people is wearing black army boots. Um, number two, the crowd is getting younger. Noticeably younger. Not teenage type thing, but it's noticeably younger. And I think that observation goes with the third part of this. Having been running down there for years and years and years, um, I can hear the bands warming up. I can hear the music starting. I mean, I can hear all that stuff. It's kind of cool. Here's a get-off-my-lawn observation. I have noticed that we have increasingly moved from rock, classic rock, blues, anything with an instrument and a real band and a real songwriter. We have moved away from that, and I'm hearing more, would it be EDM, techno? I'll just say techno. I heard today on the trail, it's a nice day, long run, I heard a lot of techno. I hate that, but I heard a lot of techno. So I assume all these things work together. And that is, I don't know about the black boots, I can't, can't figure that one out, but I assume there's fewer classic rock bands because one, they can't get back together or they're dying, right? There's just, we're running out, okay? And since we're running out, we don't really have any new music with real artists and songwriters and real bands, and so the techno thing is moving in, so it's going to drive the age younger. Is that a fair observation of ACL being a really good observation of music over the past 20 years? And I, say, I, mean, I don't mean that to sound completely bitter, I think it's just a fact. But, you know, I was thinking about that as I'm running, going, well, first of all, I can't stand that techno stuff, but whatever. Why is that happening now? How did that happen? I think, wait a minute. None of the bands I like are alive. And if they are, they're barely functioning. And one of them that's still functioning great, for scheduling reasons, never can make it here. So there you go. I, I assume right now there are a bunch of stages with a bunch of people with a laptop, and there that's music. All right, there's an old guy rant. Uh, let's do some buy or sell. We lay out five topics. Uh, we either Cedric Golden and I, Cedric, of course, a very famous writer for the Austin American Statesman who disagreed with my total rant just now about all things music and all things black, black boots and all that stuff. But so we either <laughs> we're either buying the statement or you're selling the statement. There are five statements and there's a moment of jackassery. Buy or sell. This weekend's games are the Inside Lane to Conference Championships. Of these three head coaches, Jimbo Fisher, Steve Sarkeesian, and Mike McCarthy, A&M hosts Alabama, and Jimbo Fisher needs a win more than Sarkeesian or McCarthy. Buy or sell. I buy. Jimbo beats Alabama. He's back. I mean, he's the best Jimbo since the that tennis player from the 70s, Connors. He's back. And so... I think if Sarkeesian loses, he can still win the Big 12, and Texas fans can't can't really get mad at that because they've been in the doldrums for so long. Mike McCarthy has no prayer of winning in San Francisco, uh, and I don't think Jerry's going to fire him anyway. So I'm going to go with Jimbo Fisher. And by the way, and you did get Rick rolled in that earlier segment, Jeff. 
Yeah. Uh, I, I love that song. Oh, and that God. guy's made a lot of money off that song. I know. And uh, we all thought he was, we all, all the black people thought he was black until we saw MTV. So when they looked at the band <laughs> and let black people watch it. So, um, <laughs> so I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm gonna go with Jimbo Fish needing this, needing this the most. No, I'm selling. I mean, I, I get it. I do. I mean, Jimbo Fisher. This is Jimbo Fisher is in many ways, well, literally playing with house money. Like he really is playing with house money. I don't think he needs it the most because they've got such an easy schedule ahead. He's going to get enough wins in there that mean. Someone's not going to pay $76 million to get rid of him. Now, if he wins, if he beats Alabama, don't laugh when I say they got a chance to win the SEC West. They got a real chance to win the SEC West, and there's no way they're firing him for $76 million if he has a chance to win the SEC West. I think the guy, I, I, Mike, McCar- yeah, Mike McCarthy, um, He's not expected to win in San Francisco and most likely won't win in San Francisco. And Mike's a doofus anyway, but his boss won't fire him. I think Steve Sarkeesian better win. Because unlike unlike the other two guys, the other two, there's no real expectation. The bar is pretty low. The bar's low for Texas, but the expectation now, because of the schedule and because of what they've done so far, if he doesn't win on Saturday, he doesn't get that inside track to the Final Four. And I don't. if they don't make the Final Four, it is an absolute underachievement. And he once again will be called an underachieving coach. And Texas will once again be labeled a paper tiger. He's got to win. That's not a very good Oklahoma team. It was a disaster a year ago. It's pretty good now. My gosh, man, for all the money and all that you've been handed, if you can't get to a Final Four, you're living up to every underachieving criticism that has been labeled of the guy who's been given nothing but great breaks in his career. Buy or sell. Texas is favored by 5.5 over OU, and the over-under is set at 60.5. Take Texas and the over. Buy or sell. Uh, I'll sell um, if we're if we're talking about parlays. I think Texas wins 31-24. I don't think it's going to be as high scoring. They're going to cover that five and a half, but I don't. But I just don't think that they are going to be in a in a big time offensive uh, explosive type game. So I'm going to sell that. Unless, you know, they do for a special teams touchdown. It's been a minute since that's happened. So, but I'm, but I'm selling that over. So, I'm betting, betting a parlay, I'm, I'm selling. Yeah, I'm going to sell too. I agree. I think, I think Texas covers for whatever reason. Um, you know, Oklahoma better hope. They bet Oklahoma better hope it's not the over because I think if it's the over, it's Texas running away again. Um, oh, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, that's that's the only way I would see the over is to, for, for viewers to get hot and just light them up. And Oklahoma, you know, you don't want to get behind against Texas because that front seven is too good. It's the, it's the reason why I think that Texas wrecks Oklahoma in this game. I've, there's been – I've yet to see the evidence that Oklahoma can protect the passer well enough, and I've seen plenty of evidence that Texas can wreck the other team's offense. I think that's the difference in this game. Um, I mean, I'd love for this Oklahoma team to be good, but 
you, you can't unsee what you saw a year ago, and that is anyone they played that was any good said just ran them off the field. They were not even competitive. And I, well, I, I can't, were, I can't, I can't unsee that. I, I'm sorry. I mean, beating SMU doesn't take away the fact that you were in a track meet with Texas, TCU, and Kansas State. I just, I, I, I'd love to, I, I'd love to see a great game on Saturday. I, I don't know where the evidence is that it's going to be a great game. Buy or sell. It's a Texans QB. C.J. Stroud is on his way to being named Offensive Rookie of the Year. Buy or sell? Man, I'm buying. Uh, he is. He has been electric. Two straight 300-yard games, and he's accurate. And you're talking about a guy who, who had next to no real expectations coming into this year because everybody thought that they would just be abysmal, but... What you have in front of you is a hungry young quarterback who is the focal point. He's embracing being the guy on that team. They're going to be a really good football team in three, two or three years, um, and it's a horrible division. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars aren't nearly what we thought they'd be. The Colts aren't very good, and don't get me started on the Titans. So I really think that the Houston Texans are probably uh, the feel-good story at the, on the first part of the season. So I'm buying that. If he continues this, he's going to be in the Pro Bowl, and he's going to be a shoe-in for Offensive Rookie of the Year. Remember we had a buy or sell that was Texans get the six wins? Because I know I've bet the under on their win total three straight years and one each time. And I think we both laughed out loud when the buy or sell was six wins. If you had to if you had to make if you had to make that bet right now, you you have they get over six, correct? Of course. And yeah. I bet him this year to be under be under six wins. Gleefully bet it. Gleefully. <laughs> Just easy money gleefully. And now yeah. I think they're gonna end up probably Seven and ten, six, six and eleven, somewhere in there. I think they may they may win eight games because their division's so bad. Yeah, I didn't see that either. I mean, Pittsburgh just is a dumpster fire. Yeah, he he's the, he's on his way to offensive rookie of the year. Now, what's funny is because the, you're right, the Texans are are kind of the nice feel good story so far. And unfortunately, B. John Robinson is statistically having an incredible season already. Every, I mean, the guy, his touches are off the charts, but he's playing for Atlanta. It's not a feel-good story. So I assume that he gets lost and doesn't get the noise, and C.J. Stroud hasn't thrown an interception. I don't think he's thrown an interception. And it's not exactly like he's playing, you know, with uh, Travis Kelsey and the gang around him. So it's it's impressive, to say the least. I... I can't believe I'm even sitting here having this conversation right now because everything the Texans have done has gone wrong, and now everything they're doing is going right. They were just waiting for me to put money on them. I guess. They, they, get, to, they get to eight wins. He is the runaway coach of the year. Runaway. No question. I mean, no like, <laughs> runaway. It should be unanimous. If the Houston Texans get to eight, it's unanimous. Agreed. Oh yeah, and if and if they get man, if they get to seven, they yeah. get to seven. He's going to win it in a close vote. But if they get to eight. No one had him at eight. There is no way, no way. anyone had no. him at eight. And only the most uh, diehard fan would have taken that over. 
I mean, there's no way someone no, bet no, that no, over. No. If you if you if you if you had if you went through the locker room and said, "Hey guys, do you think you're going to get the over on six? <laughs> Any thinking person would have said, "No way." Um, it's. I don't know if it's a. I, I guess it's a combination that they're that much better, and the and that division is that much worse. It, it's. It's not just because they're playing that well, and I I actually think Jacksonville. I think they'll turn it on. I do. They're just too good. It's a real. It's a real indictment on Jacksonville right now. Yeah. I watched that game against the Falcons. Where's? I mean, okay, it's the Falcons, but everywhere else, they've been awful. They've yeah. been awful, and they. And they're they're going to get stampeded by the Bills in London this weekend. They're going to have to really show up. I think the Bills are kind of smelling blood in the water because people have been kind of overlooking them, talking about the Chiefs and the Dolphins. I think I think the Bills might be the best team in football besides the Forty ers Jeff Ward weekdays on one hundred two point seven ESPN. Songs that suck Friday. We've already learned today that Cedric Golden thinks that MTV didn't allow black people to watch, so. (laughs) They were watching in my house. Yeah, it's a bad moment for Don Henley. I don't want to hate you. I don't want to take you. But I don't want to be the one Yeah, I think I may have, sadly, I think I may have slow danced to this and sucked on the side of someone's face. That's Patty Smythe, and I think Don Henley weighs in soon. Yeah, feels 80s, sounds 80s, had to be 80s. feel like I'm at a skating rink. That's Don Henley and Patty Smythe. 85? 92. Shut up. That's what it says on the Googles. There's a reason why people don't stay where they are. I hope I wasn't sucking on someone's face in 92. Jeez. Huh. That's probably not right. All right, we'll do buy or sell because that was really awkward. Buy or sell. Dak Prescott is the MVP in a Dallas win over San Fran. Buy or sell. No, I can't. I can't sell hard enough. Um, <laughs> unless, unless he steals that that great DeLorean from Back to the Future and programs that flux capacitor back to 2018 <laughs> when he had his legs under him, then I'm then I'm buying. But I can't buy 2023 Dak going to. What we, what, what we used to call candlestick and wreck and shop against the Niners. I just don't see that. So uh, he's serviceable right now, completing 71% of his passes. He's not, he's not throwing interceptions, but he just doesn't come across to me right now as a difference maker. And if anyone's going to get the MVP in a Dallas win, it's going to be Michael Parsons. It ain't going to be Dak Prescott. So I'm selling. Yeah. I'm selling too. I mean, it's it's it is, it is such a touch. That is such a tough matchup. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. Um, 
he he would for them to win for Dallas to win because I think you know what you'll get from Micah Parsons if they can keep him healthy. I think you know what you can get from the Dallas defense, even the Dallas special teams. I think in two thirds of the game, they'll they'll deliver. But to win this game now, or if you wanted to win it in January on the road, he he's got to do spectacular things. I mean, just sooner or later, it's going to come down to the ball, the guy with the ball in his hands. And there was a stat I read the other day that is the most telling and brutal look at Dak Prescott's career. So if you look at QBR, which is the whole mix of completions, yardage, touchdowns, all the passing stuff for quarterbacks, it's a reliable, it's a it's a reliable metric. He is among the top three. When in the last two years, when his team is tied or leading, he is dead last when his team is trailing. His QBR goes from 75, I think, to 50 versus Mahomes, Hertz, and Allen, whose QBR actually goes up when they're behind. It is the most shocking and testimonial to the guy's career. I mean, it's, you're right. I mean, he's a good, solid player. He's the ultimate corporate man. I mean, the dude is, he says all the nice things. He keeps his head up. He's a good dude. He, he takes trash from his owner, but you know, does anybody right now think on the road, if they could hang around, I think they're tough enough to hang around. They hang around and they're down five or six with three minutes left. How many people you think would bet on Dallas? I wouldn't. Yeah. Just don't trust them, man. It's the quarterback. He's the reason. Well, their coach is a buffoon. <laughs> that too. Yeah. Buy or sell. It's Christian McCaffrey is the MVP in a San Fran win over Dallas. Buy or sell. You have to buy because you're asking me if the best player in the NFL is going to play well. He plays well every week. Yeah. Uh, he's their bell cow. He's, he's a matchup nightmare. Um, he's healthy for the first time in a while. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see which which player they put on him when he's out in the passing game. I don't think they want Michael Parsons on him because they want him getting after the quarterback. I know Leighton Van Der Esch can't run with him. They may actually have to to uh, guard him with a, a slot corner. He's that devastating in the passing game. Uh, I just think he just makes life so easy for the Niners. Uh, all of a sudden, their receivers are starting to make plays. Ayuk is making plays. George Kittle is making plays at tight end. And and so, uh, and Brock Purdy, uh, if there's one running back in the league you want to dump it off to, it's 23. He's the guy because he makes he makes everybody around him better. So um, I'm buying that. That will be my lab type sense. Who, who wins the Niners? Who's the best player on the field? Christian McCaffrey. I buy. Yeah, you know, here's a. I, I think I'm buying too. Um, it, it just he he. You might you might be able to. Dallas is so good on defense. They might be able to cover up a few people. That's the one you can't, right? I mean, there's just there's just not anybody in the game like him. Um, here's a here's a real test. Who is the league MVP that's not a quarterback? Tell me it's him. not. Tell me it's not him. It's got to be him. It's him. Yeah, it's him. If Michael if Michael Parsons finishes with 23 sacks, okay, I'll listen. That's some LT stuff there. 
But but until that happens, it's going to be McCaffrey. And guess what? The the big time quarterbacks are have had their hits and misses. Yeah, like Josh Allen, Tua, Patrick Mahomes not playing like an MVP. So I think I think uh, if the judging was tomorrow, it would be Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, I think so too. It's. This is such a crazy level of talent that's on the field Sunday night. So look at the Niners. Okay, so their coach is one of the best five in the game easily, maybe the top three. They have the best left tackle in football now. They have a quarterback who is, would you put him in the top ten? I'd probably put him in the top ten. Yes. Yeah, Brock Purdy would be top ten. Their tight end is one of the best two in the NFL right now. Um, They have a linebacker who's the best linebacker in football. Brad Warner, yes. Uh, He's the best linebacker in football now who's not talked about often enough. They have the best running back in the game by far. Like, no one else is even in the conversation with Christian McCaffrey, except unless you talked about B. John Robinson. Um, And he just got started. Yeah, exactly. Early. Yeah, yeah. Too early to that. So they've got all that. Dallas is better on them than in special teams, but Dallas's coach is not even the top 20. They have the best. They have the best pass rusher in the NFL, but unfortunately, the 49ers have the second best pass rusher in the NFL. Um, Dallas might have a better secondary. I think I, I would make that argument. Yeah, but with Diggs, absolutely. But without Diggs, yeah. it's more of a discussion. I, I know, I know. And this is a. It's it's. They've come back to the pack. Um, it's. I mean, you've got you've got these top five and ten players all over the field on. On Sunday night, it's just that in San Francisco's case, their guys aren't top ten; they're top three. And you know what? Tony Pollard is not chopped liver, but we don't even bring him up when we talk about Christian McCaffrey. I know. I know. You know, I think I think for Dallas, I mean, I I mean, if I was sitting around betting and calculate calculating bets, which is a stupid thing to do, but. You know, Pollard has got to be, he might be the guy that has to carry their offense. I mean, poor CeeDee Lamb works his ass off. That guy, he's he's tough as as you could find. But I think Tony Pollard's really got to bail their offense out and help them a bunch. And I I don't know. They're not even playing to his strengths. They're running him between the tackles. Yeah, I agree. Tony Pollard, get him on the edge. Treat him like he's Christian McCaffrey. Throw him the football. Get him on the edge. Get him out in space because he's going to make the first guy miss. Quit running him into the line like he's Earl Campbell. He's not. To that point, I don't understand why Deuce Vaughn hasn't played more. I don't don't quite get now. Maybe they don't have to do it, but I don't know why. That's the kind of guy that if you're going to do this with Tony Pollard and you need the, the transition player that's in the space, that guy's I thought was freakishly good in space, but I I never even seen the kid. And they got Enrico Dowdle, the, the backup, is banged up, so yeah. you might get more deuce this weekend. Are you taking San Francisco in the over? What's the over? I don't even I know. Think it's like, I think it's 42 or something like that. 42. 44. Like 44, that's like 31 to 10. Yeah, I take the under there. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I, I don't. I mean, unless unless Dak throws it, to, what is it, Garrett? It's Forty-five. Forty-five. I take the under. Oh, I'm all over the yeah, under. Yeah, I don't. I, I just. I don't. That. I don't see it. I mean, I don't see it. Dallas better hope it's not the over because they're on the wrong <laughs> side. They're on the wrong side of that one. Same as OU. If it goes over, that's not good for OU. 
No, I agree. I think it's their worst nightmare. The longer Oklahoma, it's Dallas and Oklahoma have the same path here. They got to hang around and hang around and hang around and just grind it out and not let that game get away from them and hope for and try to get a break or two to to be the difference maker. They just they can't the first twelve to sixteen minutes they can't let it get away. No, they're not. Neither one of those teams is built for a track meet. Moment of jackassery. You know who's a, who's a jackass? Aaron. Do I have a jackass? No, I don't know. Do you have a jackass moment of jackassery? I do. Aaron oh. Rodgers is going all in on uh, Travis Kelsey. He's called him Mr. Pfizer. He's gone all in on uh, the Vax again, and he's now calling Travis Kelsey Mr. Pfizer, of which started, which was chum in the water for every other right-wing nut to go after Travis Kelsey, and Travis Kelsey's worst nightmare is coming true. Talk radio is coming after his ass. You know, but Aaron Rodgers gets a pass for lying. Yeah, I know. I mean, why don't just go go play tennis with Novak Djokovic and let us talk sports? I mean, come on, man. You 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 made your your feelings known about the about the vaccine, and all you had to do was tell the truth. That's all you had to do. But then you lie to us, and then you go on your buddy McAfee's show, and and you know, which is just to me radio death. I, I can't I can't deal with any of those guys because. It just doesn't feel genuine to me. And Aaron Rodgers hates it when someone else is getting all the attention. Yep. Why do you think he showed up at that game the other night? Exactly. And why do you think he's talking about coming back to play this season after shredding his, his Achilles at age 40? Man, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Sad. It's always not good. realistic. Yeah, it's I know. It's not realistic. I, I, I knew, I knew I, as the minute I saw the commercial... I thought, oh, look out! Here they come! And first in, first in was was Aaron Rodgers, who, of course, you know, look if you if you want to be, if you want to take the position, you got to own the position. So if I'm an anti-vaxer, and I know plenty of nuts and twigs people that are anti-vaxers, but they'll own it. Aaron Rodgers lied about it instead of being so true to it and so compelled to uh, to let everyone know how he feels about a vaccine. He lied about it. And that's my problem with him. And you know what? I, my best friend's an anti-vaxxer, and that's fine. I'm, I, we, we have our little debates about it, but he knows how he, I know where he stands, and he knows where I stand. What we didn't have in any of those debates was dishonesty. Yeah. So once you lie to me, you tell me who you are. I think Aaron Rodgers is kind of slimy. Agreed. All right, enjoy the game. Set as always. Good stuff, man. Okay, brother. Later. Make sure you check out the Jeff Ward Show podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.